welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Richard Dotson. Whoa. Full name today. I guess so. Here with my fellow nerd, Matthew O'Hara. Very formal. Mm-hmm. Hello. Mm, very formal. Mm-hmm. That's, that's my given name. I, I guess so, sure. Richard. Only my wife and my mother call me Richard. I call you Richard every once in a while. Yeah, that's true. Well, after that, uh, the... the Richard, what are you doing? Yeah, I got a, little, I got a little bit more Richard. Mm-hmm. The only thing I don't like, I see when people call me Rick. They're like, Rick? I'm like, no, Rich. Some people... That can go both ways. I know. Why well, one of my guys that works for me? His name's Richard, but he goes by Rick. Right. Not me. I don't like it. Okay. Yeah. So, so you don't have to. A little bit about me, you know. Right. So today, uh, we are talking rookie tight ends. We all know we all like a good tight end. I love tight ends. Mm, mm, mm. But before we get into such a delicious matter, let's talk some news and notes, shall we? Surely. Cam Newton. Going under the knife. Going under the knife for rotator cuff surgery. Yeah, got a little tear in there. I know. It apparently happened there. like week 14, too. So I guess the they must have prescribed rest, and it didn't actually help. So now he's going under the knife. Dude, got to get that stem cell. He should have went to Germany and got that stem cell, man. Pump it in there. Yeah, and, and I think uh, I think like Joe Rogan like tore his rotator cuff, and they want to give him surgery, and he just got stem cell treatment, and it said it was stronger than it was ever was after like three weeks. Amazing. Yeah, Cam Newton's missing out, man. Got to get them stem cells. Well, he should get in contact with Joe Rogan. Because now he's going to miss out for, like, what, four months? Yeah, I think he's supposedly going to be back for training camp. Yeah, he just missed the off-season right, programs. He'll, he'll miss most of the off-season No programs. worries. He's been along enough. He's been along. Uh, enough, I, I mean, no worries if everything goes correctly. True. But, I mean, it's a rotator cuff on your throwing shoulder for a quarterback. That is true. Any kind of surgery is never good, right. no matter how minor it is. Right. And what if they cut off his arm? I mean, I, chances of that happening are pretty are slim. Because slim, I, I don't think they're actually going to be cutting into him. They're probably going to do like an orthoscopic type of a deal where they just cut a little with hole. The, and, with the machines? Yeah. You ever see Terminator? Yeah. <laughs> I have. Yeah, the D-Day could all start right there. I'm like, oh, you think you're going back to the Super Bowl, huh? We'll take that arm. Okay. We can use this for our T-2000. I guess stranger things have happened? Ooh. Question mark? The other The underworld. Oh no! Wait, the under Stranger Things. What's the What's the bad place? Uh, the Upside Down World. Upside Down. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Cam Newton's getting surgery, but no worries there. They still need receivers. Sure. Uh, they still don't really have any receivers there. I mean, if you count Devin Funchess and uh, Kelvin Benjamin as receivers, well, that's not great. Right. No. No. They definitely need help in that area. Um, I think they need a lot of help. I mean, obviously they need John, help everywhere. Jonathan Stewart's getting older. That team seemed to get old pretty quick after the Super Bowl run. Yeah, a lot of people are looking at them to. I mean, they have Cam, but a lot of people are looking at them to draft Leonard Fournette, uh, possibly Dalvin Cook. They definitely need to draft a running back. Chase Stew's on his way out, but they definitely need a receiver too. I would love to see. You know who I'd like to go there early in round two? Our boy that we've been talking about, Zay Jones. Sure, I think be, he'd be a good fit there. Yeah, that'd be nice. Because again, I'm not I'm not all in on Kelvin Benjamin. I think this is his last year in Carolina. Um, I've never been all in on Kelvin Benjamin. No, I'm so. selling that dude. Why can Devin Funchess? Uh, we ripped that dude like no tomorrow when he came out in the draft. I know, and then we like came around and we're like, yeah, Devin Funchess looked kind of all right. Yeah, because in the preseason and... or whatever it was, he had like three good seconds, and we're like, yeah, maybe this can work out. 
And then it, and then he just showed that he's a turd. Yeah, my dumbass traded uh, a a second this year, last year, year last year's rookie draft for uh, Marcus Wheaton and Devin Funchess. I know that, that's painful. I tweet out, I'm like, yeah, I feel good about this. Everybody's like, yeah, good job, Rich, you did well. Meanwhile, back at the back cave, here mm-hmm. I am now. I'm like, man, I really wish I had that second round pick. I get a really good tight end. Yep, <laughs> or a good receiver. Um. So interested to pay attention. I mean, there should be some offensive moves. Don't even pay. They might draft a tight end here um, somewhere in the middle rounds. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they went running back, receiver. Well, that, well that's the thing. Like, all those end. guys. I mean, even Greg Olson's getting up there in age. Yeah. So it's, and they also need offensive line help, too. Yeah. They need a lot of help. A lot of help. Uh, and they lost Ted Ginn, who was their number one receiver. Uh, yeah, for all intents and purposes. He went to New Orleans, yep. which is a pretty good spot for Teddy, that big big legs of his. Well, I mean, I think I think he'll be filling the void left by Brandon Cooks as kind of a downfield threat. Yeah, still a nice sneaky play this year. I don't think he's as talented as Brandon Cooks, so he's not going to have probably the production that Brandon Cooks yeah, had. Yeah, close. The talented but, is uh, Brandon Cooks. Right. So, you know. It's higher draft pick. True statement. Um, more news. So, I got, I, got, I got 50-50 response on this. Marshawn Lynch may come back. I tweeted out last week. That I, uh, when I saw the news, I went every dynasty league I was in, and I went free agency, click Marshawn Lynch, add to my roster. Add oh, I mean, roster, at this point, add oh, to my roster. Yeah, at this point of the offseason. I'm still going through my dynasty leagues. All right. Add him to my roster. Yeah, you've got add so him many. to my roster. Add to my roster. Oh my God, he's, he's taking this one dynasty league. All right, next one. Add him to my roster. So, yeah, it was pretty sweet. At this point in the offseason, it is a. It's a great risk. I mean, it's, there's almost no risk. It's just picking up a guy off the street, and if he pans out, he does. That's great. If not, by the time the season rolls around, you'll know, and you can just wash your hands over yes. it. Yes. It's not a big deal. Like, I had a couple of people tweet at me going, dude, you just wasted your time. I'm like, all I did was waste a finger click on my phone. That's all I did. I clicked a couple buttons on my phone. That's 20 seconds you'll never get back, Rich. With such a high upside. with such, like I cut guys like... Uh, Jordan Cameron in one of my leagues. Right. Like, you know, bottom end roster guys anyways. Right now, this time of year, I'm literally analyzing my team and saying, like, hey, I've got to get guys off my taxi squad. So I, like, look at my, my, my roster and go, okay, this guy's on the chopping block, this guy's on the chopping block. So I already know five guys that I'm going to chop, cut off my team anyway. Yeah, because you got people off your I, taxi squad. I, I have people, I have, like, a few guys on IR because I had a bunch of injuries last year, and I have a few guys I got to bring up from, from my taxi squad. So I already know the guys I'm going to cut. I mean, Yes, I'd like to move a few of them and and make deals and, and maybe you know maybe not have to cut those guys, but those yeah, are the guys. Pick hey, up a late round draft pick right, for a package deal, right? Exactly. Oh, hey, if I can't cut any, you know, if I can't make any deals, these are the five guys I've got to cut. Yeah. So I already like right now. If you don't know that, you should be on that. You should definitely be on right. That. And and then, you'll be caught by surprise, like, oh, who do I cut? And they're like, oh, you have five seconds to bring these guys off, or these guys are free agents. Right. So I mean, most leagues right now are not at a point where they're like, oh, you have to have your ta- your taxi squad cleaned up. Like that usually starts like right around the draft time. Like, yeah. You know, you draft and then you give yourself, you give your people like a week or so to to get their lineups, you know, their taxi squads in order or whatever. You should definitely have a deadline and all that stuff set in stone ahead of time. Like, okay, guys, the draft is um you know may or june 1st and you have to have your uh second year rookies off your taxi squad by june 6th yeah we, we usually give it a week, we or, give it a week. Or, or whatever you know like Let's, right after the draft only because you don't know how it's going to transpire from the rookie draft how many people are going to add there um but yeah we usually give it a week to update your uh taxi squad uh again this is why you have big rosters anyways i remember if you play in a dynasty league and you only have twenty man rosters, that's not good enough. I'm sorry, it's just not good enough. 
you you, ha- you ha- should start the the expansion process, and and you shouldn't go from twenty to thirty. You should every year, get, you know, add a few, add a few, add a few until you get maxed out. Because you're kind of, it'll just be a big flood, and 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 it won't be fair if you just go from twenty to thirty. Yeah, like I mean, some you're people, a whole another draft. If some people, if somebody's not paying attention. They lose out on all these free agents. You'd have and, to have another draft. If you're going right, that big, you're just right. literally having a supplemental draft sure. of just adding free agents. Yeah, uh, you could do it that way as well. But again, that's why you want to, like, minimum, the minimum size roster you should have in a dynasty league, honestly, is 25. Minimum. All our leagues are 30. A lot of all our new leagues are 30 with no defense, no kickers, to give you an idea. Again, we just want to reiterate this point is because the key to Dynasty is you want to make sure that free agency is such a limited pool. Right. Nobody should be able to just go on free agency and pick up some, some really sweet players. Does it happen? Yeah, but, I mean, everybody has a fair chance because it's so limited as it is. The fun of Dynasty is building the roster that is going to compete for multiple championships, to build that Dynasty team, and to build it by listening to the podcast, doing research on websites, uh, and to do that, you should be able to build it through trades and build it through the draft. And that's still how you should build your dynasty team. And that's what's going to give you the most rewarding feeling when you do win it all because you know it's all you and not just getting lucky by picking guys off the waiver wire. And again, I mean, you got to imagine where we have 30-man rosters. If you're running a 20-man roster, that's 120 extra players you have in free agency that we don't even see. Right. So, again, going back to Marshawn Lynch, he's just a guy. I hear some news. Yeah, he's retired. Same thing I heard some news like Calvin Johnson may possibly one in a thousand chance uh, play. Well, I'm going to pick him up because it's not costing me anything. Right, and, and, and both of those are perfect, perfect examples because they both went out on their terms while they were still elite. Yeah. I mean. He's, he's younger than Andrew Peters. He's only 30 years right, old, Marshawn right. Lynch. And the news is, when the news broke, a lot of people said, we heard this last year, he's not coming back. But since then, Tons of reports have come out saying this is way more real. Um, every major reporter out there for the NFL Insider is saying this is real, that he only wants to play for the Raiders if he's going to play. And it's looking, I'd say it's 50-50 at, at the worst. And, right and for like a rest, you know, a bottom end of the roster, it's worth it just to, just to drop some guy that, you know, who knows, like Ronnie Hillman or something. You know, like that's just worth it. Just yeah. get rid of Ronnie Hillman. He's not going to do Nobody anything. Nobody cares about Ronnie Hillman. Right. I mean, it, exactly. Just pick up Marshawn. If he, if he doesn't unretire, you just cut, you cut him. him again. You cut him when yeah. it's time to get your rosters. Well, no, no soon. Big deal. It's yeah. not like we're not going to know too soon. Uh, well, the Raiders, they're going to want it dealt with before the draft, I would imagine, one way or the other. Yeah, like, they're going to hey. want to draft a running back. And they'll still probably right. draft a running back. It depends where they, I would put where they draft one. Sure. And at the same time, you know, he's not going to like, a crappy team, he'd be going to the Raiders. Like, right. if the Raiders drafted any running back, if the, if the Raiders drafted Kareem Hunt in the third round, people would be like, where are you? I still don't get it, but nobody likes Kareem Hunt but us. But people would be like, yeah, Kareem Hunt, he's rising up in our boards. He's for sure a first-round rookie pick now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd be excited. So if Marshawn Lynch goes there, I mean, he's 30. He took a year off of football, so he's going to be fresh. I'd take him for one year. You're talking about a one year of Marshawn Lynch in Oakland that could win you a dynasty fantasy football championship. Right. And if that costs you one click of the button to have a starting running back on your roster, hell, if he was just your running back three, right? Who, if he's putting up good numbers and you say you have a Zeke Elliott and David Johnson and you're blessed by the dynasty gods, that's all hunky-dory. But they have bye weeks and injuries. And it's it's he's not on somebody else's roster playing against you. I mean, like. That's how I see it also. Like, exactly. Dude, Even if your team's fr- crappy, it's right? It's a free click, man. Just yeah. click on it and, you know, no big deal. If your team is crap alicious and has no chance to compete, but you pick him up, well, guess what? If he comes back and he plays and 
Week ten, he's already got a thousand yards. Tra- and it's a tradable touchdowns. asset. Like you could trade him. Yes, even before week ten, like he comes back and people are like at your draft. You could probably get somebody in this year's draft if he's. You're right. I mean, a late second round right. pick, high for, third round pick for for nothing. I mean, you maybe flipped into a future second, high second next year, yeah. or even a possible late. Like people get desperate when sure. they like they know they can win a championship come mid season. You hold on to the guy up until about week five, week six, and he's killing it. You're like, dude. I need a running back. What my guy just went down. I only have two running backs in my roster. Lynch is killing it. I'll give you my first next year. I don't care. It's gonna be a late first. Like hell yeah. You just, so you just gain any asset by just clicking your finger on a, on a button. Right. It is an asset. So anybody that made fun of me on Twitter, shame on you. Yeah, think it through, people. Yeah, think this through. <laughs> um, Kamar Aiken signs with Indy. Yep, I know it's a one year deal. I think. Um, it, I mean, it's a nice landing spot. I'm, there's a lot of mouths there to feed, so I'm not sure exactly what his role will be. But I um, mean, he had a really good 2015. Sure. Had a really poor 2016. Right. Um, that's his life in a nutshell. I still like Kamarikin as a big-bodied receiver there. They have that kind of in Dante Moncrief. Right. Uh, but you don't know. I mean, like I said, they still got T.Y. Hill, and they still got Philip Dorsett, who I don't like. Uh, neither still. do I. Never liked him coming on the draft, too. Me neither. Uh so it's interesting to see what's going on there. I think if somebody gets hurt, he could really step up and be an asset. Because remember, Andrew Luck is still a top-tier quarterback here. Sure. Um, and, I, and I thought about it when I saw the Kamar Aiken sign. I was like, you know, I was like, Andrew Luck, you think, kind of like undervalued right now because of like these last like couple of years of injuries and whatnot. Like, he might be like a good buy low candidate. Might be worth like a, an option of throwing a feeler out there, like offering somebody back like a quality older quarterback that's not as good in a player. Maybe even a draft pick in this year's draft. Like if you give up, like I don't know, like just an average quarterback who's not terrible, um, and like a second for like Andrew Luck. You know, second's a good pick, but again, you're getting Andrew Luck, who's still a very viable quarterback. At the, at the second half of last year, he came on pretty strong after he started to recover. I just think it's he's a good buy low. I I mean I think he's obtainable, which I don't think he had been in the past. So I guess I guess his you know his value is depressed somewhat. I got two offers for Jameis Winston this week because I was throwing in a couple of leagues. I just went through uh, and just sent out mad trades, sure. like in two leagues. I'm trying to go th- through all my dynasty leagues and start being a little bit more active. I've been so damn busy these last couple of months; it's kind of hard to be real active. Uh, and I got two responses saying I want Jameis Winston, and I'm like, no, we can't have him. Sorry. One so you were offering you were offering other things, and they wanted Jameis Winston. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. And then you and I just made a trade. Finally, we did that. We finally consummated that uh, Alshon Jeffrey trade. You had a much better uh, first round pick than I thought you would have. What did I have? Like eighth. Oh, I thought I had ten. No, I was right around eight, I believe. Okay, maybe just ten. But and I saw, I was like, "Ooh, that's kind of a good pick." And I was like, "No, I got to take Alshon here." So it finally went down. We finally made the trade. It's finally over. So you have got Alshon. I have got my first round so the, pick back. The trade worked out where it was you got Des Bryant. Sure. I got Jameis Winston, Alshon Jeffrey, and uh, Lockett. Right. From Seattle. Right. Yeah. I'm pretty I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with it too. Cool. I'm glad you're okay with it. And yeah. then um now Davis signed with the Steelers. Now Davis, one year deal with the Steelers. I bet he doesn't make the roster. I bet he doesn't either. Yeah, he's not gonna make I think the Steelers are gonna draft a running back. I could see that. Yeah, I would not be surprised if now I I'm saying as high as the third round. Levian's on that franchise tag. If they can't work out a deal, they'll be like, All right, dude, deuces. See ya. Deuces. Which is crazy. But yeah, I, I can then, see them drafting and a running back. Big Ben would say deuces to you. And he'd be one of those like uh Did you hear did you hear the report that he's quote unquote leaning towards coming back? Yeah, it, we're gonna hear that for the next couple of years. I bet it bet it. It's gonna be you one know, of those things. He's got, he's, a, just, he's got a lot of guaranteed money coming to our yeah, to him he to ain't just going hang anywhere. up the cleats. So 
All right, well, you ready to get into some of these tight ends? Let's do this, man. Talk a little tight end. Now, again, I say this every year when we talk about rookie tight ends, of how much I love the tight end position, how much I'd like to make sure I draft one every single year in my rookie drafts, because, again, this is why I've said it a thousand times, so let me say it a thousand and one times. There's no other position that's going to give you an edge over your dynasty competition than having an elite tight end. Again, dynasty is... Usually after a couple of years, it starts to get a lot of parity involved. You have your top end teams, you have your middle of the road teams, you have your bottom end teams that have no chance of winning whatsoever. So when you get these teams that are really good, that you know these top two, three, four teams that are really good, they're usually gonna be well rounded. They're gonna have a good solid core of receivers, probably a couple good running backs, and a good quarterback. And the difference maker that could be that difference maker is gonna have a really good tight end. Having that Travis Kelsey. Having that Rob Gronkowski, having that Jordan Reed, you know, Delaney Walker the last couple of years, these are guys that give you a huge edge over your opponents. If you get an elite tight end that gives you wide receiver one numbers, those are few and far between. Again, Rob Gronkowski isn't the most valuable, one of the top most valuable players when he's healthy because he's put up Antonio Brown numbers. No, but he's put over a thousand yards with double digit touchdowns, which is, you know, for a wide receiver, it's going to be like low-end wide receiver one, high-end wide receiver two numbers. But for a tight end, that's like ridiculous ridiculous numbers. Sure. And when you face your opponent and he has his tight end is, you know, Joe Blow over here. And Joe, just an average guy, like a, like a Jesse James, which is probably a little too low on a totem pole. But, I mean, if you even take like a name that's just kind of like average, that, you, it's that kind of decent, um, like a Greg Olson. I mean, I here. think Greg Olson is kind of upper end. He's, more he's so than, yeah. But like a Jason Wynn. Sure. Over the last Jason couple Jason Wynn or like uh, CJ Fedor was kind of at that, you know, midpoint of the year. When, a guy that finishes tight end. Like the difference right. between tight end number six and tight end number 12 usually isn't anything too crazy point wise. Right. Um, like you can get by with those guys, but they're not going to win you a championship. Exactly. They'll, they'll help you with the cause. They'll help mm-hmm. you win it. You'll win a championship because you got something from them but they won't help you win a championship. Right. Like when Gronk scores 28 points, he's going to help you win a championship. When Travis Kelsey or Jordan Reed scores you 25 points, they're going to help you win a championship. But a lot of people in your league, for the most part, are going to have just an average tight end. So to get one of these guys can definitely be a boost to your dynasty team. It's a really good advantage to have, and that's why I always propose take a tight end in your rookie draft because you never know which one's going to pan out. Again, you got guys like Jordan Reed are going to be second-round picks, third-round picks. Gronkowski, the year he came out with Jimmy Graham, were third-round rookie picks on a rookie draft. Um, Aaron Hernandez, who is now in prison for killing mad people for spilling his drinks, he was in the third round at the time. He, but at the he time sure he was. was. Yep. Um, so you're in luck, though, this year. So you're saying, you know what, Rich? You, you, know, you finally got me after three years of the podcast. I am in on this tight end. How do I get one? Well... You're not really going to trade for one because they're too hard to trade for because people that have that commodity, they're not going to give it up easily because that's way too much subtraction by addition by subtraction. Uh, subtraction by subtraction, I think. Yes. Getting rid of Double negatives. <laughs> Double negatives. Um, yeah, because it's kind of hard. Like, hey, I'll give you Antonio Brown for Rob Gronkowski. Well, yeah, you got to make that trade. But at the same time, you're like, crap, man. Like, I have this huge hole at tight end right now. What am I going to do? Like, I just got this really sweet wide receiver, but I have no tight end. What am I going to do? So a lot of times it's hard to get good value back from a tight end. That's why even if you draft one, it even puts you in a better position because now you could trade one of these guys, and usually for a really good tight end, you can get a pretty good return. Yes, so you this, can. this year's draft class, you're pretty lucky. It's deep. Um, gets a little mixy here after the top couple guys, and one of these, like a couple of these guys are going to be pretty good. 
that we don't oh, know yeah. who. Yep, yep. But the top end of this tight end draft is really, really strong. Like, totally extremely great. strong. Uh, almost back to like that Rob Gronkowski year. And we got to remember that Rob Gronkowski year, Jermaine Gresham was actually the first tight end off the board because he was the first-round pick by the Bengals. He sure was. Who picked him in our league? That would be this guy. That guy. But guess who also backed him up with? Rob, Rob Gronkowski. Gronkowski. That guy. This guy yep. right here. Um, so let's get into it. I know you and I were talking before the show. We want to go in the list of the order we want to talk to these guys, mm-hmm. which are somewhat of a ranking list here. We were debating who's the number one overall tight end here. I know, right? Um, which is kind of shocked. It, it shocked me. I looked at you and I was, I was shocked. I had my shock face. I saw it. Um, but I, I did agree because I told you, I was like, hey, I moved David Nyoku to my number three overall tight end. Sure. Rookie tight end. And you're like, well, I don't have OJ Howard as my number one rookie tight end. Uh huh. And I'm like, shame on shame you. Shame on me. For your uh, bad talking. So. What we're going to do here is talk about O.J. Howard because he's my number one tight end. Sure, and we'll go with that. And I should come first in this relationship. <laughs> so let's talk about O.J. Howard out of Alabama. This guy is six foot five, 245 pounds, ran a 4-5-1 at the combine. That's pretty impressive, right? He's six foot six, 251 from the combine measurables. Well, I don't know where you're getting your measurables from. I can't read my own handwriting, sorry. <laughs> six foot six, 251. That chicken scratch ears. Yeah, I do a lot. It's bad news. Um, this guy is just what we call a huge mismatch when it comes to the field. I mean, his size, his, his athleticism, it's just tremendous. For, for Yeah, for a player that size, he's, I mean, he's just ridiculous. And he's a guy that lined up in line quite a bit which is nice and, and um he's a solid blocker you know what i'm saying um and he catches the ball really i mean really naturally and really well i think he was a little underutilized in alabama then they, they didn't totally really, underutilized um, until that like champion until the championship game pretty much right but go ahead sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no no that's fine i mean everything you're saying is what i have I, that's why i agree i mean he has okay. really good hands good speed he can block well right uh because you remember, Alabama's a run-first team. Absolutely. So he had to block. And, and that, blo- guy, that blocking ability is going to get him on the field, which which is a nice thing for a rookie. He's a true he's a true three-down player. Right. Uh, guy has a potential to be a top-10 NFL pick in the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Remember, all those guys that are top-10 tight end picks are usually pretty damn good. There haven't been a lot, but yeah. Um, all the ones that are are usually pretty right. good mm-hmm. until they get hurt. Until <laughs> Winslow doing wheelies in a parking lot. Idiot. But this guy gives him, his size gives him a huge catch radius. Uh, he showed really well. He has body control, go up there and get the ball. Very athletic. For his size, he's very athletic. I, again, I can't overemphasize. He's six foot six, two 251, and ran a four five one. It's faster than receivers. I mean, it is. And even all the rest of his measurables are great, too, for that size. I mean, under he was 6.85 in the three cone. Um, his his vertical was thirty, which is is not really that great and explosive. But the twenty yard, um, four point one six, twenty two on the bench press, and over ten foot on the broad jump. So I mean, all of his athletic numbers are great. And and just for like a reference, I mean, three cones, like anything under seven is amazing. Um, for like a running back yeah. or like a wide receiver for a tight end, I mean that's. It's ridiculous. It is. It so. really is ridiculous. And there's one guy, even another guy we're going to talk about later, and he ran almost a seven flat. And it's like, oh, my God, you're that's ridiculous for, like, the agility that you have. Um, that's what the three-cone shows you, too, like the lateral right. agility. Absolutely. So, O.J. Howard, to me, I understand why you, have the, you could argue the next guy could be number one. But to me, from draft status to where this guy's going to go, 
to his overall size. Again, I just his size is what gives him the edge over a second guy we're going to talk about. It's just it, 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 he's going to dominate defensive backs. He's going to dominate linebackers. He's going to be a huge red zone threat. I love the second guy as well, but to me, he, this guy is still the number one tight end. I could see if the NFL draft plays out a certain way. Maybe I could flip-flop on here, depending on teams. But there's nowhere O.J. Howard's going to go for how high he's going to go in the NFL draft where he's not going to be utilized as that guy. I guess we could argue Eric Ebron was drafted pretty high. I think he went number 10. Right uh, around there. Oh yeah, somewhere around there. To yep. the Lions. And yep. he hasn't really panned out. But again, this could be his breakout year. Tight ends do take time to develop. They do. So we always recommend go down like we said last year, two tight ends that we really liked last year. That we said we're like, you know what? When we were talking about the draft last year, we're like we gave these two guys huge bumps. And I think we had them ranked higher than everybody else, but it was Auster, Austin Hooper and Tyler Higby. Um, and I know it took Tyler Higby in one draft, people were like, Wow, you're that high in Higby? I'm like, Yeah, I think he's gonna be pretty damn good. And don't forget about Hunter Henry, who we had you know. Well, we had him in the first right, round. Right, right, right. Yeah, so okay. we, but we, we came back to her like, you know, the draft class is kind of weak, and these tight ends look pretty good. And people are like, well, Austin Hooper and Tyler Higby, do you really want to draft those guys this high? And we're like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Both Austin Hooper at the end of the year last year looked pretty good. Absolutely. And Tyler Higby's already now, I'm already starting to see it, starting to get some pub. Uh, the coaching staff out there saying, hey, we really like Higby this year. We think he'd take a big step forward. They have no receivers out there. I think both guys are really good by low guys right now. And you may have to sit them again. I think, we, I think we're going to see another step this year from both of those guys. But then I think next year could be both solid top 10 dynasty tight ends. And I, I think we should both buy. I'd buy both of those right now. Me too. But O.J. Howard, I mean, I think the next couple guys we're going to talk about, these guys are going to jump in here. And I think they're instantly going to jump in my overall dynasty tight end ranks and be top 10 players overall. There's you think, not many you guys. think they're going to make the instant rookie year type of? Maybe not. I, I don't know. I don't know if, if rookie year. Many not of rookie. Guys, yeah, no, yeah. Not, I'm just talking about when I do my dynasty rankings. Oh, okay. You're not rankings. not for like just next year. Okay. I'm talking about overall okay. rankings. Like gotcha. when you get to a certain point, it's like okay, like we said, Jordan Reed, right? Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, right? Right. A lot of the usual suspects are getting up there in age. Yeah, and those guys are getting older. Right. And so it's like okay, well, who else out of those tight ends that I really want more than OJ Howard? Right. Who no, else I, I mean, want more than Evan Ingram? Right. You're. I mean, you're talking. Olsen, Jimmy Graham, I mean, Grant no, no, those guys. guys. Right, I mean, I mean, those are the other names that we're, we'd be tossing out there as the top 10 guys. So, I mean, it's it's definitely uh, those guys are getting longer. Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker, there. absolutely. Um, yep. Probably number four, honestly, number four. So, again, I mean, these guys are going to jump right into there. So, you're talking about getting a guy where you take these guys in their draft that are immediately top seven at mm-hmm. their position overall in dynasty ranks. That's a nice, good get, you know. Uh, none, of, not a lot of these receivers you're going to draft are going to be top ten, top fifteen guys right off the gate. Uh, some of the running backs you can argue are definitely going to be top ten. But again, tight end, you're you're talking about going those elite guys. So OJ Howard, size, athleticism, hands, blocking ability. To me, he's to, he's he's number one. Now you have Evan Ingram from Ole Miss. Six foot three six foot at three. number one. Six foot three, two thirty four. He ran his forty in four point four two seconds. That is absolutely disgusting. Ridiculous. His I mean, th- his three cone was also sub uh seven. It was six point nine two. His vert was better, thirty six. Um, his twenty yard was uh four point two three. He had nineteen reps on the bench and then ten point four two. So almost ten and a half feet on the uh, broad jump. Yeah, I mean this guy's a receiver. I mean he ran a better forty than. 
our boy Zay Jones. Right. Zay Jones ran a four four five. Right. He ran a Evan Ingram ran a four four two. And here's the He's thing. Fast. Carlos Henderson. I really like Carlos Henderson on right. Louisiana Tech, right? Right. He ran a four four six. Right. So I mean he they basically used him as a wide receiver as well. He didn't line up you know, as a traditional tight end, hardly ever. No, never. They, they barely ever asked him. To, Literally never. Yeah, they barely ever asked him to even block. Like he, I think he, he ran was, a faster 40 than Mike Williams as pro day. Th- yeah, he did. He ran a 4-5 flat, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so he lined up in the slot in, in the backfield and, and even out wide. Um, he's a guy, he's basically a big t- He led their team in receptions last year. He's Jordan Reed. And, and receiving yards. So you are talking about a guy earlier, you're saying Rob Gronkowski, he gets around 1,000 yards, and that's what you're looking for in a tight yeah. end, to, to a, a big difference maker. Well, here's a guy that in college, in less games, got 65 receptions, 926 yards, and eight touchdowns. So for me, for fantasy, I think Evan Ingram is a better guy going forward because I think he's just he's more suited to get more yards in yeah. my and that and that's why I put him ahead of OJ Howard. That's why I moved him ahead of Nyoku. And right. I and I and listen, I get it. It's not like you're gonna you would take him and I'm like, what are you thinking about right, doing right. here? I just wouldn't do it. Again, I think when it comes down to tight ends, what I think usually is a difference maker there. Again, depends on what team he goes to, is touchdowns. I think OJ Howard's gonna outproduce in touchdowns. That's I, what that's what I think. I could see that, but if you if if Evan Ingram is, you know, if he's going to get 300 more yards than him, it's not going to matter. You know, I mean, it could be that big of a difference in, no, in, in yards per year. It could be close to two, 200, 300 yards. He could easily be a 1,000-yard receiver. I mean, right. this guy's big. He's fast. Like you said, he's not an inline tight end right. whatsoever. Guy always lined up outside. And, or you know, the obviously, obviously, it's going to depend on where he goes and how they use him. But I would hope that if you're if you're drafting this guy, you you know that he's going to be a guy that you're moving around and you're not plopping him on the line and asking him to block. No, he can run routes. Yeah, he he can, he can get in and out of his breaks like do, just like a wide receiver. Do you know that he was the SEC leader in receiving yards headed into the last week of the season? Really? Yeah. Well, I and mean, that's where this guy's at. He finished the year with 65 catches, 926 yards, and eight touchdowns. Right. So it's just. It's ridiculous. Those Solid. Are, I mean, out of a out of a tight end position, those would be elite numbers. You know what's weird? And like, that's only in like a twelve or thirteen game season. Or yeah, whatever. in college, like he didn't show any blocking ability, but at the Senior Bowl, yeah, he, he, he blocked pretty well, well actually. Well. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram has a really strong case here to be the number one tight end. To me, again, I'm just not doing it. To me, it's OJ Howard still, but I'm not. No, I get it. I get it. I get it because OJ Howard is a big guy and he and he's an all around tight end that can block and everything. And traditionally you say, hey, that that's the skill that's going to get you on the field and get you opportunities to get receptions. But for me, Evan Ingram is a guy that you draft knowing that he's pretty much a big wide receiver and you're not going to hopefully they're not going to ask him to do that kind of stuff. And he's going to be he's going to be I see Evan Ingram being year 1 production. That's like what I can see too. I see him getting 700 yards this year right. easily. Like right. easily. So can I. Um definitely in a good system depends where he's going to go. Again, he's somebody I wouldn't even be surprised like if our hometown team the Browns took at 33. Oh, he's I mean, that good. There's there. so many teams that could use a guy like him because everybody can use right. a guy like how, him. How many Every, teams have the a Patriots tight... have Gronkowski that can use a guy like exactly. him? Exactly. Even though they traded for Dwayne Allen, I mean, there's no, but there's literally not a single NFL team that I can think of that cannot use Evan Ingram. They cannot use OJ Howard. Right. I mean, everybody else you can make a case for Travis. Um, I mean, the Chiefs well, are going to take him with Travis Kelsey. I was going to say, like, 
you know, the Redskins maybe because they have a player that's very similar already in Jordan Reed. But he's also got concussion issues. Right, he sure does. Remember we talked about how loose his head was? <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. <laughs> um, so right now, so we talked before about, like, O.J. Howard being a first-round pick in rookie drafts. Like, consensus, like, we had him as high. Like, on average, he's going right around pick number eight. So you are saying that you'd feel pretty comfortable taking Evan Ingram at, like, number eight overall in a rookie draft. Yeah, I would. Okay. So I mean, you, I, I think for me, that's that's the high end of it, but I, I, that's right around where I'm feeling it. And I think he's going to go right at the top of the second round of most rookie drafts. Sure, I could see he's that. He's a player that I would love, because remember I said a couple of weeks ago, too, it's like, hey, this year at the top end, because somebody, somebody mocked me on Twitter, like, oh, look at Rich. He says, always take best player available. And then he follows it up saying, no matter what, I'm taking a tight end with the second with my second round pick. That is because I think the tight ends are going to be the second, like the best players at the top of the second round. Right. That's you, what it you can of, say with confidence that hey, I'm taking a tight end there because yes. I think these guys are the, the guys that are going to be the best guys. Agreed. So it wasn't me saying, oh, Come I'm I'm reaching, I'm not reaching there. I think there's going to be really good value. As much as like I'd be really okay with like trading up and giving up some good assets. Say if I'm say I'm at pick two six. Mm-hmm. Or two five even, shit even two four, like I might be like I might be willing to give up something pretty significant to move up to two one to make sure I get a guy like Evan Ingram, because again goes back to my point difference maker sure difference maker remember uh what's his face from the Saints um oh I can't think of his name it's, it's, it's slipping my mind what's his name tight end um jimmy graham no no not the tight end he was receiver forever but the one his his first year oh marcus colson yeah marcus colson cost me a championship uh marcus colson came out kind of kind of like a like an evan ingram kind of effect right he was listed as a tight end but everybody knew he was a receiver marcus colson so when he came out he was pretty much a tight end but everybody knew he was a receiver you imagine if evan ingram went to the saints by the way exactly oh joe yeah then i'm yeah if Evan ingram went to the saints um I might have a baby in my pants because I'd be that excited. <laughs> so that that to me, so say like O.J. Howard goes to Tennessee, which is still like a really good spot. It sounded weird coming out, but maybe the ingredients for a baby. Let's just put it out there that you would not have a baby in your pants. Yeah, that's not possible. Okay. I don't not have the anatomy for that. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram, the Saints who love to utilize the tight end. They just lost Brandon Cooks there. That'd be a great spot for Evan Ingram yeah. for sure. Uh, again, I don't really see a total bad spot there for. We'll find out. Yeah, the we there's plenty of time for bad spot, good spot. I'm telling you, you you saying Saints really perked my interest here. It's like mm. that's a really good spot for him, and they do have the second, the last pick in the NFL draft. Well, that's that Patriots trade. They sure do. They go back with another. I know mm. they want to build that defense, but this might be too sexy of a pick to Ooh. pass up because he ain't gonna be there. No, not when they. Well, they, well, might, they pick on a high, uh, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they pick like eleven. Yeah, they might be. So he, might, he be might be there in the second round for. Sure. Him. Good spot for Evan Ingram. I would love that pick. Um, yeah. Would that be enough to move him up to your number one tight end? It depends where OJ Howard goes. All right. It depends. Like if if OJ Howard went to well, he's already there for me, so that would just solidify him there. For yeah, me. but I don't know. Like it depends because again, I don't really see a bet. OJ Howard's gonna go so high. Like so, say he went number ten to the Bills. I'd still like that to the Bills. He's a, he's a pretty much a number one receiver there. Him and Sammy. Good red zone threat. Sure. Sure. I don't know. It, it's. It'd be hard, but yeah, that'd be really close. That that, that would put Evan Ingram in the first round for sure. Mm-hmm. But again, he's somebody I think you should trade up for in the second round. That's what I'm saying. Okay. All right, let's move on to our next guy here. All right. Uh, our consensus number three overall tight end, David 
Nyoku. Nyoku. He's a Miami Hurricane. Mm-hmm. He's six foot four, two hundred forty six pounds. Ran a four six four. He only tr- dude. He turns twenty one in July. He's only twenty years old. Yeah, he's a young buck, man. Yeah, he is raw. Mm-hmm. He ran a. He had a um six uh point nine seven in the three cone. I had six nine six. Okay, well you had it wrong. Thirty seven point <laughs> five on the vert. Uh, four point three four on the twenty yard, twenty one bench press press reps, and over eleven feet on his broad jump, one hundred thirty three inches. Yeah, whoa. Yeah. So this guy is like ridiculously um athletic. You know, he had the highest vertical of the combine amongst tight ends. Um, well, he was tied. He had the highest vertical, and he had the uh, longest broad jump. I think Bucky beat him actually. What in the vertical? Yeah, thirty nine. Oh, did he? Yeah. So take that back. No, I didn't take anything back. So stand take it back. Life. I'll stand by my life. Take lives. it back. Well, he had the longest broad jump. No, well, I, I, I'm with you there. Yes. Nope. Actually, Bucky beat him there, too. Really? Yep. Son of a buck. Yep. All right, moving on on that. <laughs> I mean, this guy is just a highly athletic beefcake. I mean, he this is. guy is chiseled up. Yes, he is. I mean, this guy could be in Rocky 16. Wow. I mean, yes. He's got it going on. He can block. Yes, he can. The dude just... I mean, he's not a great blocker, but he can block. He can block, right. Um, he gives good effort. We'll put it that way. That's, about, that's a way better way to uh-huh. describe it than me saying he could block. Well. Uh-huh. Um, the dude just explodes off the snap. I mean, I saw him. He could high point the ball, which yes, is he's, always he's good. He's really good at that. Um, he can get yards after the catch, which is pretty good. Yep. Um, he lined up in the slot and, and in line, so I, I did want to mention that. He's a guy that didn't just line up. Um, he did line up in the slot somewhere, right? Here, right. Yep. Um, he is just, this guy is just, his upside is through the roof. Uh, he could easily end up being the best tight end in this class, without a doubt. He's a huge mismatch for tight ends. I mean, for linebackers and defensive backs. Right. But again, he is really raw. The guy cannot run routes. No, he he can't. But he can still get open. That's the thing. Like with his athleticism, I saw him get open deep. I saw him get open in on like shallow, shallow routes and stuff like that. He's just. He's got the speed for it. He's yeah. just faster than athleticism. Yeah, faster than the guys that are trying to cover him. Exactly. And 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 really, I mean, some of the um just little dump off passes and he's like jumping over dudes to get in the end zone and stuff like I mean, it shows it shows his ridiculous athleticism. And he's a football player. Yeah. He's not some pansy out there. Right. I mean, this guy has only played two years of college football. Sure. I mean, we're talking two years. We're talking raw to the bone here, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did have my biggest concerns with him, if I had to say, okay. My biggest concerns, my two top two, would be his blocking ability. No, not his blocking ability. I'm sorry. His route running ability. Sure. And his catching ability at times, he would have the drops. He had the dropsies. The yips every once in a while. Yeah. Yep. So that's what moved him down to three right there, too. It's just like, hey, man. Like, Evan Ingram has really good hands. David Yuku has good hands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not great hands, but right. good hands. And he needs to prove his blocking. Uh but besides that, I mean, the, the upside on this guy is through the roof. Somebody's going to get a really good player. He could be one of those guys that doesn't pan out. Like, he'd be one of those, like, hype guys that turned out to be, like, nobody because he's just is so raw where it's not surprising. But he's going to go really high, most likely, in the second round of your rookie draft. He falls right in that category of me saying I'm t- taking a tight end because Evan Ingram, Nyoku could be there. I'm going to be extremely happy. I'm a, yeah, big time, man. Uh, he's a... He's a plus athlete, man, and at the tight end position, that is a total premium. Yeah, so I've had him, like, every time I say my top 12 players of guys that take in the first round, like, he's he's found his way being right around 12, right around usually, but Evan Ingram's definitely taking his spot for me, where I'm okay with, like, as of right now, like, I'm still, you know, not all the way through on my receiver tape, 
But even for what I am through, like I can safely say I'd pr- I'm with you where I'd probably take Evan Ingram at the back end of my first round. He's so. he's moving up there for me, man. All right, let's get to the next guy. The guy that uh apparently beat uh beat him everywhere. So uh, Bucky Hodges. <laughs> Bucky Hodges, uh tight end from Virginia Tech, six six, two fifty seven. He ran a four point five seven forty. Uh didn't get him on the three cone. I don't think he ran that. Um he had a thirty nine inch vertical. 4.45 in the 20 yard, 18 reps on the bench, and then uh, he he was over 11 feet. Um, I do mine fractionally, so it's like 11.17 versus 11.18 is what uh, Najuku had. Um, so yeah, he he beat him. He edged him out in both those uh, statistical yeah, categories. Yeah, four five seven is pretty good for a guy that's six seven almost. Um, yeah, he's he's like, and remember, he's a hair under six seven. He's like six foot six and three quarters, sure, something like that. Sure. Um, but running four five seven is great. This guy is very athletic. His size is terrific. He's a former quarterback. Um, he's only been playing tight end for three years. That was uh, the one thing I I didn't know. I, I believe you mentioned it like kind of in passing once, and I was like, oh, I did not realize he was a a quarterback at one time. So yeah, only been playing tight end for three years, so he moved over. That's a good size for him. And he's a um, guy that lined up all over the place. Just gonna too. say the same thing. He played some wide receiver. Um, um he all li- over the place. Yeah, he lined up out wide in the slot in the backfield. He he was in in line as a blocker too. Um, he's a guy that I saw with some with some concentration drops as well. Which um, his drops were definitely a concern. Um, it just yeah, that kind of uh, you know it puts up a little bit of a red flag. But some of the plays that he makes, um, I it leads me to believe it's not really his hands. It's kind of kind of in between the ears there a little bit. He does some nice things. What like he tracks the ball right. pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, he can high point the ball pretty well. You know, twenty eight percent of his catches were for twenty plus yards. I did not know that. Yeah, I mean, the concerns. <sighs> The concerns I have with Bucky Hodges, like, he has really good upside, too. It just, I mean, I saw him, like, kind of get beat up on the field a little bit. Like, he didn't seem like he was, like, that strong. He's not the beefcake kind of guy. Well, maybe that's a product of him, uh, you know, switching from quarterback to tight end. Got jammed up on the line of scrimmage a lot. Right. Um, Didn't see, like, his blocking to me was, like, almost non-existent. Um, yeah, he was not great blocker. But, I mean, for his size, you would think that that's something he would be able to least work on and, and get better at. But, but sometimes knows. you think being that tall and like a, like he is, like if uh, it'd be hard for him to really get like block a good DN because like the way how low they can get and like the moves they have. I I could see him having trouble. You know, being a former quarterback, like I could see him taking a really long time to develop into that block and tight end. I'm with so, you there. Yeah, yeah. I, he's something that I could see Bucky Hodges being really good, and I could also see Bucky Hodges being like Jesse James. Or like a Kellen Davis, like kind of that's kind of like low end for what I see of him, which is a guy that just like bounces around the league. Yeah, just like a guy out never, there. Never. I mean, he's like more athletic than you would think, but he never seems to produce on the field. Yeah. we'll see. And that's and that and that's what the first thing that comes to my head. That that's I don't and I don't know why. Like it's like this gut feeling I have. But with Bucky Hodges, it's like God, I've seen so many tight ends that come in that look just like him. Right. Super athletic. And you're like, wow, this guy's going to be good. You know, like those Leonard Popes, those big, tall, six foot seven guys. Right. I mean, that's why we're down on Jesse James. We're like, yeah, this guy has really good size and everything. He can move, he can move, but these guys never pan out. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of like dissing Jesse. Now, Bucky Hodge is better than Jesse James. But, I agree with that. Yeah. But Jesse James, for me, is like one of the first guys to ever come out. I'm like, oh, wow, like he is suitable. You know what I mean? Like I could, I could live with Jesse James as my third tight end or backup tight end right now. And the Steelers definitely keeps that number one rule. Um, 
So that's what kind of reminds me of Bucky Hodges. Just that that's my little red flag there. I mean, I think I think this is one of the guys that, um I, for the I mean for the record I don't have him uh fourth. I am actually down below the guy that I have fourth, so I am at, at fifth. Um I think I think landing spots going to be a, a huge determining factor for his value. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree there. Because there are, there are so many question marks and there's some there's obviously some stuff that we don't know. I mean, it's um He's relatively new to the, to the uh, position, and we don't know like the crap between his ears, you know. And I don't think we've seen enough on the field to really figure him out completely. But looks good. I mean, definitely yeah. a good upside. Oh, I yeah. think uh, athletically, he's a freak. It'd be interesting to see where he goes in the rookie drafts. He's going to go somewhere right around. I think he's he's one of those guys that you you're floating around the third round. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's going to be one of those guys like he where he ends up going in your rookie draft is going to be really good value. All right. So we're like. I looked at him originally like this guy's a second round pick for sure, and it depends where this all pay- plays out because I, I could still see him being like the back end of a second round on the right situation. Sure, but yeah. most likely he's gonna be really good value in the third round, like That's... really good upside. Mm-hmm. And there's always that third round rookie pick that you take in your rookie drafts. That's a tight end that turns out to be okay. And that's and it could be Bucky Hodges. I mean, I, I've said it once, um, so I will say it again. I guess that's where I always kind of target tight ends. That's that's I think their best their best value. I mean, I've gotten them earlier, like last year. I got Hunter Henry in the, the end of the first round, but um, a lot of the times I target a guy in the the third round at some point for a tight end. Yeah, okay. just it's just good value. Yeah, again, I, again, I'm not down. It's just I just have this weird gut feeling about Bucky Hodges, but I still like Bucky Hodges. Like, like a bad gut feeling. Like and yeah, yeah. I I kind of get the same feeling too, um, but I I I've seen enough where I like it. Um, he's worth the risk. Like sometimes you get, yeah, yeah, you get those bad feelings. Like I'm just not drafting this guy. Like I have a bad feeling, but like if he's there in the third round, like yeah, I, I don't feel that bad about right, it. Right, right, exactly. There's guys that I won't touch when I get bad feelings, but he's not one of those type. Of Agree. Guys. So let's move on. Uh, next guy we're gonna talk about is Gerald Everett out of South Alabama South Am- Alabama this is another guy who's very similar to Evan Ingram um, in size and even like ability um, so six foot three 239 are his measurables so I mean that's nearly identical to Ingram I think he's he's five pounds heavier um, we're in a four six four six two which is still really good and then under under the seven in the seven in the three cone he's at 6.99 really really good really good vertical 37 five um which would have tied Najoku for the the quote unquote lead which wasn't really the lead um and then his 20 yard was uh 4.33 22 on the bench um and then uh 10 and a half feet for his broad jump so all really really solid athletic numbers yeah, this guy like lines up with Ingram wise just because he's same thing. He's not a he's a he's not a he's a wide receiver. He's a wider he's a big wide receiver. He's a guy that he was again, he was barely ever asked to line up in line and block. He's basically a guy that just got down the field and um ran wide receiver type routes either out of the slot. Sometimes he was in the backfield. He was all over the place. I mean he's almost like He's almost like Evan Ingram light. Like if you can't get Evan Ingram there at the top of the the first round, hey man, shoot for Gerald Everett there in the third, in the third round. Yeah, and it's I mean they're very comparable players. I mean obviously you're missing a little bit of the juice with the the forty not being quite you know the inline speed not being quite the same. But I mean he he's got the vertical. He can high point balls. He's he's really a very comparable player to Evan Dude, he's, Ingram. He's like real, like he's strong. Yeah. Like he's not afraid to go out there oh, and no. run through some tackles. He's and got a good size. He's I another mean, guy that, that really excelled at the, um, 
at the Senior Bowl. So he was one of the he was like one of the uh, the standouts. And another good thing, um, he was, he showed up at the Senior Bowl at two twenty seven, and then he shows up at um, the Combine weighing two thirty nine. So he's packing on the pounds already, and it hasn't totally adversely. It may have slowed him down a little bit, but he's still running a four six two. I would take him over. Uh, Bucky Hodges. I probably I have him above Bucky Hodges in my rankings. Yeah. yeah. So I mean I would have him above my rankings too. So we should have talked them beforehand. But okay. I, right. I, I like the flip flop from going from here again. His route running's not great. Right. But, but this guy is tough. Yeah. He he's a guy that can get the football in his hands and make plays after the fact. Uh, again, former basketball player. You know, I know he transferred over to schools and like whatever school he went to, like they cut their program. So he transferred to South Alabama. Right, right. Uh, so he's not playing like the level of competition that, that all these other guys are. Yeah, but his athleticism and again size and speed mm-hmm. make him a really good prospect. And on the right team, this is a guy that maybe not in 2017 because he's got a lot to learn. I think he's going to take some time to acclimate to the NFL level. But with his wide receiver kind of ability, 2018. Yeah. To start making some good uh, contributions to your dynasty team, and then come 2019, could be your number one tight end in your roster. And again, like Matt said, if you can't get a guy at the top of your second round, because again, I just said again five times in a row, but for the most part, so O.J. Howard, Evan Ingram say they go in the first round of your rookie draft. Mm-hmm. Then Nyoku goes high in the second. Then you have a guy like this, or so, say I said I'm going to take a tight end high on my second no matter what. But say something plans out and these tight ends go higher than I think. And I'm stuck there and I'm just going to take one of these running backs. Because, like, say Kareem Hunt fell. Sure. Which so, I think I mean, is silly. It, right. If everyone gets pushed up, somebody's going to fall. Yeah. yeah. I'm still going to feel okay about that because I'm like, all right, well, there's a chance now. It's way easier to trade up from the late, the high third to the late second round than it is to trade from the, hot, the mid second to the late first in your dynasty rookie draft. Mm-hmm. So now I'm like, okay, maybe this is where I make my move. And I go get an Adam Shaheen, uh, or I take, uh, I move up a little bit and try and get a Gerald Everett. Or maybe they'll just fall to me, period. Right. And maybe, maybe because this draft is so deep, maybe I do go running back receiver or running back running back or however it plays out my top two picks. And at the end of this draft where a lot of this ta- talent starts to get a little bit average, I double down on some of these tight ends. Where this, this running back class is so deep, people are going to be grab, grabbing these running backs. Maybe I go running back running back early. And then the rest of the draft, I'm just going tight end, tight end, tight end. Because I get a guy like a Gerald Everett, and I can then come back with a guy like uh, Hikatini, you know? Sure. Or, which you know, I feel like I'll build it much later. But even a guy like Adam Shaheen or mm-hmm. a guy like George Kittle. And just double down, I'm like, you know, one, one of these guys is going to pan out for sure. Sure. So, yeah, Gerald Everett, man, I like him too. I think, again, I think, I think Evan Ingram likes a great comparison. I think him being pretty much a receiver as well, not something I really asked to block. Again, Ala follows that Jordan Reed kind of comp, which when it comes to fantasy football, we can care less if they're blocking eight guys again. As long as they're getting on the field, uh, it's cool. I'm, I don't care how they're blocking, to Me be too. honest. I mean, a lot of the times I say, hey, I like this guy because he can block and catch because I think that'll get him on the field quicker. But with these guys, I mean, they're a little bit lighter in the shorts than the rest of these guys anyway. They had 239 and 234. So I don't think the coaches are going to, or whoever drafts them, I don't think they're going to draft them with the idea of, Putting them on the line and making a block. I think yeah. they're gonna. I think they're gonna know what they have and and get them moved around and in the slot and in the backfield and stuff like that. Getting free releases and not really asking them to block or 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 what or whatnot. Yeah, so. and the tight end too. That's one of those guys that you don't necessarily need him to be a successful fantasy tight end to be on the field all three downs. Like you don't even need that. No. Um. 
So, hey, if he goes to a bad team that's playing catch-up all the time, hey, I'll take that too. Yep. Um, let's talk about the next guy we have on our list, Adam Shaheen. Adam Shaheen. From our hometown of Ohio. Ashland, Ohio. Ashland, Ohio. Yep. Now, you're talking size, right? <sighs> this guy is six foot six, 278 pounds. Whoa. I mean, that's a mountain of a man. That's a mountain of man, right? Yeah. This mountain of man ran a four seven nine, which at his size is ridiculously yeah good. Okay, four, is a four seven nine fast? No, Jerry Rice ran a four six three. Right, exactly. Or four seven one. Yep. Something along those lines. Um, Something slow. It's whatever. It, right. For his size, that is tremendous. He had a seven point oh nine three cone drill. Yep. Again, for his size, to have that kind of agility, get through this three cone drill, and that. Speed. Yep, yep. We were talking about somebody that ran a six nine nine who's tremendous. He ran a seven point oh nine. Not a seven point one, a seven point oh nine. Right. Gross. Again, former basketball player. Former basketball player, thirty two and a half on the vert, so not like super huge, but for a guy that's six foot six, almost six foot seven, like he's already up there anyway, so it's all good. Um four point three eight on the twenty yard, twenty four reps on the bench, and over ten foot on the broad jump. Yeah, I mean, his size, his agility, his lateral quickness is all great. He had 70 catches in 2015. And, and, yeah. Which is a lot of catches. Absolutely. Um, So all those are Adam Sheehan's upside, right? Right. Watching him on tape, I love the upside, but there's some concerns, uh-huh. right? Um, One, he's really raw. He's definitely raw. Catches the body with his body a lot as well. Uh, And for his size... I was kind of concerned with, like, one, like, how, like, not strong he was. Like, he was able to, like, get jammed up the line pretty well. But, two, like, you saw him, like, when he did get the ball, like, he was tackled by, like, some pretty small guys at times, <laughs> like, pretty easily. Okay. I was like, well, that guy's only, like, five foot ten, and he just took that, he took Adam down pretty easily there. It's kind of concerning. Like, it's just kind of like, and we're talking, like, Ashland right. guys. Right. So that's my concern. Um. Tremendous upside again here, but I, I'm somewhat worried because could he be like one of those combine number guys again that just kind of fizzles out, or is he one of those names that pans out? Like, yeah, we told you this guy is going to be sweet. Well, here's yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when you were talking about um, just kind of level of competition. I think that's, I think that's what makes evaluating him a little bit tougher because a, it not only is he is he playing a. a a lower level of competition, which is in and of itself harder to apples to apples kind of compare with all these other guys. But on top of that, he's a former basketball player that kind mm-hmm. of just started from Pittsburgh state, just started doing this. So he's, he's raw and he's, you know, like he's raw at the position compared to most guys. He's, and he's at a lower level of competition. So it just makes it hard. I mean, I've loved what I've seen out of some of the stuff too. Like, I mean, he just athletically, he looks for his size, especially, like he just looks like he's outrunning everyone. But is that level of competition? Can he do that kind of thing against NFL players? I said that's what I'm worried about with these smaller guys, and, right? You know, and his level of taking him down. So I like his upside, but he's also not getting the coaching that he be getting. Agree. So, so Agreed. It, it's it's like it's 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 a double he's, edged. He's sword. a patient. He's a patient project. Right. right. This is a guy you you draft in the third or fourth round, and you're, and you're just like sitting on him. And you're sitting on him. Yeah. He's one of those guys. I'll go back to. I, my favorite position to do this is these are the guys you come back to and you let other people draft them, right? They don't do anything because people are just always like, what, what have you done for me lately, right? Sure. And then year two, 
maybe right before year three, you make a move for a guy like this. You trade for this guy because mm-hmm. you're like, okay, I liked him coming out. This is going to be his year. It's worth, and you can get him for nothing at that point, right. you know, because he hasn't done anything. Like, hey, I'll give you a fourth round pick for this guy, or you do that cheap car salesman tactic where you try and get him offered in a trade where it looks lopsided, but the whole point was to get this guy. Right. I like him because if you draft this guy, you're sitting on him. You sit on your taxi squad for two years for sure, and you're not going to do anything for year three, most likely. Most likely. He's just too raw. Mm-hmm. He's going to need coached up. He's going to get to game speed. Every All this is going to take time. He might make a play here and there. I can see this guy not even being seen in the field and being active for most of the first year, honestly. I, yeah, I could totally see that. But we'll see because, I mean, I can also see this guy easily going in the third round in the NFL draft because he's just so – I can see NFL coaches going, wow, I can make something out of this kid. This kid has a talent. He has a athleticism. He one he showed right. he can catch the ball. Yep, and he showed that he's extremely athletic, and he's a monster. He is. Huge. I can do something with this guy. Right, and he'd be one of those guys that you know. All right, he's in every one of our red zone packages. I mean, can you imagine him just like sitting behind? I mean, like Jason Witten for a few years. I mean, for the next couple of years, like that would be like the perfect scenario for me. Uh, just, Dallas. Yeah, just like just That'd be a good sit, spot for sit him. there, learn a little bit. I mean, get you probably get on the field a little bit as well. And and just kind of soak it up. Okay, I mean, that'd be a nice little spot for him. Yeah, I, I think third round's definitely fair. Again, falls in that category of like, hey, if somebody's there in the third round, I'm taking him. If he's there in the fourth round, I'm like, oh yeah, definitely yeah, taking him for sure. Uh, and we'll see though, because I can still I see it coming back to us going, well, look, I can't believe like Elijah McGuire's here in like a late third. I'm taking right. Elijah, you know, after tight end, I'm taking Elijah McGuire. <laughs> this guy's a PPR running back. Right. This is a, this is a this is gonna be a wacky draft, man. We're deep at tight end. Yeah. We're deep at running back. Yep. And the receivers are in between. I'm probably going to miss out on a lot of receivers this year because I'm probably going to focus on these running backs and tight ends. Uh, who knows, man? I'm hey, going I'm I'm to stack my board, and if there's a if there's a wide receiver staring me in the face, I'm going to take one, man. Where the hell are these quarterbacks going to go? Uh, late. Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> my boy. Uh-huh. Um, let's move on to another guy here as we're getting up against it. Uh, yeah. A lot of tight ends here. We probably, we probably could have made this a two-episode show, but we're not going to do that. We're not going to do it. Uh, next guy. Now, when you're talking about tight ends, you can never forget about a good butt. Yeah, when you're talking tight end. We're talking Jake Butt out of Michigan. Right. Six foot five, two forty six. We all remember Jake, right? We sure Tore do. Tore his ACL in the Citrus Bowl. Didn't playing run. Florida yeah. State. So we don't have any numbers on the guy, unfortunately, for athletic purposes. But Now, Jake Butt is just an all-around excellent tight end. Sure. Yeah, he's a guy. I mean, he, he did mostly. He mostly lined up in line. But he did motion a little bit into the backfield and stuff like that. Had really good hands. I mean, yeah. guy caught everything. He's a, yeah, and he's a solid blocker. Uh, I mean, I think he's a he's, he's a one, really good block. I think he's one of the best blocking <laughs> tight ends in the class. All right, my opinion. So he's a pretty solid blocker. Um, here's what, he's wasn't like, afraid to go over the middle. He's no, he's not at all. He's not afraid to, to do anything. I think I think afraid of me if you saw me. I doubt Michigan that. Turd. I highly doubt that. But <laughs> it, the thing is, I think he's like a decent athlete. I don't think he's like an amazing athlete. Um, so. That I mean, no, I don't think he's a. When you say we're talking like Adam Sheehan, like he's an athlete, and those are the athletes. I think Jake Butt is in a complete opposite spectrum. That when you see this guy run, it's like one speed. Right, he does not have a second gear at all. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I wouldn't be. I mean, I'm sure he's not happy that he got a torn ACL, but I, I'm, I'm guessing he wouldn't have tested all that well at the at the combine. So I I don't think it's that big of a blow for. He's not exceptionally fast. No, but he does everything like. He's one of those guys. He's a chain mover. Sure, right? Absolutely. I think he's gonna supply. I think he's gonna su- survive by he has really good hands. Mm-hmm. He's not afraid to go over the middle. He's a chain mover. 
You're throwing the ball in PPR leagues is where he's going to have his advantage at the tight end position. I see him being like if he pans out, right? Like he gets pumps back, and he's and he gets to his like potential. I see him peeking out being, and again, this isn't a bad thing. Always being like tight end eight, tight end ten, tight end nine, right, right around there. Which I mean, if you get him at the right point in the draft, it's not horrible. No, not at all. Because of his ACL tear, you probably get his guy in the fourth round. Right. Right. So I mean, I kind of see him like at his best would be like Gary Barnage. <laughs> For that one year yeah, where I mean, he's like tight end four. But I mean that would be at like his best. And then like like if he had one year like that, I wouldn't be surprised. But then if he had the rest of the years like Gary has had since then, you yeah, know, like like low end tight end one. Again, right. a tight end one is still good. It's, it's still a tight is. end one. Right. But it's not honestly that's a difference. He he's to, not the game changer that we that we yes, like to get. And that's a difference. Right. Like if you have a tight end one, he's tight end nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's not doing you any favors, honestly. And I mean, unless you're stacked everywhere else and you don't really need it, like he's just padding the, the cushion, right, right? Because again, the difference between tight end number ten and tight end sixteen is going to be like probably like fifteen points or something like that. Nothing crazy, right? You know, and that's where I see Jake Butt, like somebody that you can have on your roster, somebody that you're glad you're having on your roster. Maybe you fl- you know you work him in there during certain matchups on games, but mostly like a guy that's your number two tight end. Which you're okay with, um, if you have a good tight end that's gonna get in there in bye weeks or during injuries, and you're okay with it, but it's not like uh, he'll he'll score like a touchdown and be like yeah, he had a good week this week, but when, when the overall numbers come in at the end of the year, you're gonna be like, eh, yeah, right, okay, good, but not nothing to like knock my socks, like safe, I guess he's like one of those safe picks, like he's there, you take him, you can see him on your roster for the next seven Six, years, seven, yep, yeah, that's exactly the thing, okay, um. Another guy that you like here is Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith, uh, Florida Inter- Florida International, six foot three, two forty eight. Um, he ran a, a four point six two in the forty at a thirty eight inch vertical. Another person that um, beat Najoku's thirty seven point five, four point one eight in the uh, twenty yard, which is really good. Um, twenty two in the bench, uh, and then over ten and a half feet in the broad jump. So um, this is a guy that, you know, he lines up in line and out of the slot. Um, He has nice straight line speed. Um, I mean, on tape, I didn't really see a lot of of good change of direction, but the 20-yard shuttle kind of tells me that, you know, it it is there. Maybe they just didn't have him. Um, Maybe he just isn't a great route runner, which wouldn't surprise me, uh, you know, a whole hell of a lot coming out of Florida International. Um, But he was a guy that at the Senior Bowl, um, another guy that got like rave reviews and, and, you know, better, better than advertised blocking basically at the senior bowl and stuff like that. And, um, he's a good blocker just, yeah, far, like just exceeded expectations all around there at the senior bowl and kind of really boosted his stock, I think. And I think once he, once he came to the, um, the combine and, and showed that he, he tested athletically, you know, with the rest of these guys pretty well. I think I think he solidified himself up there as well. I think I think this is a guy that could be a sneaky like third or fourth round pick in the NFL draft. Uh the here's here's the thing where I see with this guy, right? Uh with Smith. Really athletic, mm-hmm. really good speed, really good size, and he can block. Mm-hmm. His biggest con is he can't catch the football. He 
not great at catching the ball. Okay, I was gonna say a lot, uh, lot of double catches. Yeah, I did we, too. Which we don't yeah. like that. A lot of double catches. Um, I think he had um ten drops over x amount of time. He had like ten drops. I think it was like two years. I think is what I saw there. But I mean, it's, it's those double catches, catches of the body. Doesn't seem very confident catching the football. One of those kind of guys. Uh, but really athletic. Right. So it's he, just, he's really athletic. I mean, and from. And I, I did see the same kind of stuff pop up on tape, which is, you know, obviously what you're going to go by for the most part. But when he did go to the Senior Bowl, he didn't seem to have any of those issues. So I don't know. I mean, obviously there's more tape that says that, you know, maybe he does double clutch a little bit more. But, um, I, I mean, I don't know. That could be thinking too much. We it could, it could things. Be, that's you know, right. Exactly. You never, never know that stuff. It could be, hey, he's got a horrible guy throwing him the ball, and he, he just doesn't have confidence in the guy throwing him the ball. And then once he gets a better guy tossing him the ball, I mean, it's there can be a lot that goes into that. He, he's an interesting prospect. Sure. Um, And I feel like he might get pushed up. Depends where he goes in the NFL draft. But I think he's definitely... Again, a good gamble on a later round pick in your rookie draft. Right around pick round four, round five, right around there. Okay. I, I know you like him more than I do. Sure. So uh, another guy next we have here is Mr. National Champion himself, Jordan Leggett. Jordan Leggett. Yeah. I mean, this guy, again, receiver. No, not necessarily. Just no, receiver. I mean, six foot five, two fifty eight, doesn't really scream receiver to me. He didn't run a 40 um, at the combine, so I don't have a number on that. But um, 7.12 in the three cone isn't bad, especially at that size. Um, 33-inch vertical, 4.33 on the 20-yard, 18 reps, and he went 9.5 on his broad jump. So athletically, um, not really in the upper tier on any of those. Uh, no, he doesn't do anything really extremely well. Right. He got a lot of lack for being, like, really, like, lackadaisical. Okay. Well, I mean, I think he's – this is a guy – you said that, you know, Juno, uh, Jonu Smith was a guy that I liked more than you. I think uh, uh, Leggett here is a guy that you like more than me. So I know you did say you really didn't like him. Yeah. And I don't really love him either. He's just one of those guys when you read, like, his measurables and everything, you're like, yeah, good size and everything. But then you, like, watch stuff, and you're like, eh, okay. I, for me, he just never jumped off the page, I, I guess. Um, he's a former receiver. Yeah. From like, you know, he came out playing receiver, then moved to tight end. Again, he's a really good size. But again, I, a lot of stuff when I've read, uh, the, when you try, because I try to read about players too. Like, besides film, sure. you want to read about them and see what you get. And a lot of stuff is just saying this guy, like, his heart might not be in there. He doesn't really try that hard. No, that's even more um, reason for me not to like him then. Yeah. It's just they're saying he has a good size, but like, he just might not be into like football as much as he should want to be. Wow. It might have just succeeded a little bit from being like around Deshaun Watson and Mike Williams, and that might have came into effect a little bit. Here, let me, um, make, let me make a note real quick. Do not draft. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I <laughs> thank, mean you, thank you. Playing at Clemson helped him. Right. You know I mean, it helped him be what it is, but we'll see. I mean. Yeah, but were they dragging him across the finish line every day? You know, like, exactly. does he have any kind of self-motivation to do anything? Or So he could be one of those guys that could, at the next level, really start to turn it on. I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I meant this is this is what I want to do for a living. Sure. Like one of those guys that gets drafted in, like, the fourth, fifth round, gets a couple checks, and it's kind of like he had the size and stuff, but it just wasn't really there. You know, like the Johnny Manziel kind of guy. So. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Like I'm not in love with him. He's just a name. Like everybody knows who Jordan Lincoln is from he's from Clemson. So 
he gets a little boost just from that. Well, here's and here's my. I thing. suffer from that a little bit as well. Don't buy the hype, bro. Yeah, I'm not buying the hype. Watch the tape, man. Uh, I'm not buying the hype. All right. Um, a guy who I do like is Cole Hicatini. I'm gonna let you take the lead on this guy because I actually I did not get around to really watching Cole. So this guy only has one year of production. All right. Out of Louisville, he's mm-hmm. six foot four, uh, 247. Did not run to 40 as well. Only played one year of high school football. So again, kind of raw. Sounds raw. Yeah. But again, really good size, really good speed. Moves really well. Caught the ball really well. Caught with his hands. I saw him track the ball. Like I saw him, I saw him go deep. Track the ball. I saw him go short. Yeah, I, I saw him do a lot of things. Not a lot of tape on this guy. Okay, digging into it. But from what I saw, a little, little bit of time I saw him is, wow, this guy when he can put the ball in his hands, like he's he can a, he, do some things. He can make some plays. Is what yeah, I'm trying to say. Okay. yeah. He showed some really good yards after the catch. Not a blocker. Again, not a great okay. blocker. Um. Looked like he gets stronger. Didn't like seem like one of those like for his size being six four two forty seven. Didn't really overpress me with like power. But as a receiver, I really like the guy. I mean, he did lead his team in receptions this past year. He had fifty receptions. Uh, he didn't. He, he was he was second in yards, six sixty eight, and he had eight touchdowns. So and he had a long of sixty seven. So that I mean, a long of sixty seven shows that he's got some speed. Yeah, I saw that play. Like right. he got the ball, under the ball pretty well. Um. So Cole Hicatini is somebody that's like, hey, again, something that I could probably get really late in my draft, might be close to almost undrafted, right? So mm-hmm. you're talking, I'm talking round five. Right. There's some really good upside that, again, I might have to wait a little bit coming out of, but again, coming from Louisville, good quarterback there, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I like Cole Hicatini. He's one of those guys I, I starred next to him when I'm doing some tight ends, and I'm like, yeah, this is a guy that I'm kind of, I'm down with. This is somebody that, I can come away with my draft board. When I do my draft board, this is a guy that's going to be on it. I can see he's the guy that I get in the fifth round of almost all my drafts. Because he's just, I'm going to get there, and you know, you get to the back end of your draft, and you're like, eh, there's nobody really like it. Nope, oh, there's Cole Hicatini. Right. That's a good gamble. And I think he has athleticism and size where in the right situation, this guy could definitely pan out. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it puts us right around what we what we cover here. Ten tight ends. Yeah. There's a couple other guys that you know you like Eric Silbert. Right. Uh, out of Drake, he started from the bottom. Now he's here. Um. <laughs> right, and then we got George Kittle from Iowa. I like George Kittle. Um. Right. Um. I mean, we can we can just kind of gloss over. I mean, we'll obviously talk more in depth. Uh, on the next time we roll through the tight ends after the draft and everything. Like yeah. That. And remember after after the NFL draft too, we're gonna do. And we're going to do a mock NFL or mock draft. Right. And each episode, we're going to cover like four rounds and why sure. you should take these guys. So it'll be pretty in-depth. But you liked Eric Silbert. You, I didn't watch any film on Silbert. So okay. I mean, we, quick like synopsis I said, of him real quick. Um, he's a guy that lined up you know, in line and in the slot. He had a good ability to get up and get passes. Um, he was quick in and out of his breaks. Um, at six foot five, two fifty three. Um, he didn't do anything. He didn't do a 40 or a seven, uh, three cone. Or 20 yards, so I can't give you any of those numbers. But he had a 33-inch vertical, uh, 22 on the bench press, and over 10 foot on the broad jump. I mean, did you like his film? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, he looked good. Eric Silver out of Drake, tight end. Yeah. Again, late round draft guy. George Kittle, Iowa, six foot four, 250 pound, uh, 250 pounds, ran a four five two. Impressive. Pretty yeah. damn good. Yeah. This is a guy that's just a hardworking player who can block really well. He's one of those that falls into this like a really well-rounded tight end. 
I saw some Jack Doyle comps out on there, and I was like, that's a pretty good comp. A guy okay. that takes a little bit of a while that comes into it, and then boom, now he's num- Indy's number one tight end. Sure. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, not a lot of production, but he showed that he was reliable. I know he caught 60% of his passes that were thrown to him in 2016, so he does he is reliable. Um, he has above-average speed, obviously, by his 40 time, uh, so he can outrun linebackers, yeah. which is always a that's good a, size. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His route running is not great. Catches his body at times. And like he didn't, mo- he was just basically he lined up and he went out. Like, yeah, I mean, he, coming from Iowa, things. obviously you're, you are going to know how to block. Um, any tight end that comes out of Iowa knows how to block. Okay, but he's one of those names I was kind of glancing through, and you watch a little tape because there's only a little right. tape on him. But when you watch the tape, I'm like, all right, this guy has something. Like enough where it's like, okay, he's on my list of tight ends. Right. I'm just wondering if he wasn't like kind of underutilized there. He didn't get a lot of a ton of production. Yeah, exactly. So. He could be one of those sneaky guys. Very, George very. Kittle out of Iowa. Again, I thought about um. Uh, Higatini has a star next to his name. George Kittle has a star next to his name, too. And I do that when I do my rookie rankings because these are guys I'm like, okay, when it comes down to like coin flips and stuff, I'm always going to take the guys that have stars next to their names. Right. Um, like we talked about Chad Hansen out of Cal, the receiver. He's got a star next to his name. I like this guy. I can see him taking, depends on where I pick in the second round with some drafts. Obviously, I probably could probably get this guy in the third, but he's something I'm interested in that I want to make sure I get on my roster. And I usually see a, a a good average of these at the end of all my rookie drafts out of all my dynasty leagues. I end up with like a lot of the same players because these are the players that I like. Right, right. Not a lot of like, oh, well, I took this guy in this draft. I'll take this guy. No, I'm taking the best player available. Uh, and then of course there's a couple other names on there. Uh, you mentioned Jeremy Sprinkle, <laughs> which uh, you had a funny story about. Go ahead, shoot, because I did not hear this. Okay, Jeremy Sprinkle is the guy. If you don't remember. Matt's like, I like Jeremy Sprinkle. And I'm like, oh, that dumbass? And you're like, what do you mean, dumbass? I'm like, the six foot five, 252 pounder that ran a 4.69. Okay. But he played in the Belk Bowl, right? Well, the Belk Bowl is like a, the Belk Bowl is like a department store. Like, and this guy got a four. And part of being in the bowl is you got a gift card for $450 to go to the Belk department store and buy whatever you want. This dude got caught shoplifting. <laughs> you got to be some kind of idiot. <laughs> He didn't play in the bowl game because he got caught shoplifting. Amazing. I don't know how I missed that story, but that is amazing. The you dude, have to be some kind of moron. Yeah, I remember hearing about the. I, I remember hearing about him, and then it wasn't until I doing my research on tight ends. I'm like, that's that dumbass. <laughs> Completely forgot all about him. Like, that's that dumbass that got caught stealing with a gift card to the damn department store. Oh, my God. And I think he was stealing something stupid, like socks or something, too. It's like, dude, what is what? what? Oh, my gosh. So, listen. You can't so, teach stupid. Here, let, let me make another note. Do not draft dummy. Yeah. <laughs> don't draft dummy. And I know there's some other guys out there. Like we don't I didn't watch any film on you. Like the guy named by uh Billy Brown. Uh yeah, he's actually um he was a, a wide receiver in from Shepherd, but he came in at two six foot four, two fifty five. And he he put up really good, I mean four seven, uh twenty nine in the vert, twenty three bench press, and almost Ten foot in the broad, and most people. Are, Mies, uh he didn't didn't run it. Okay. Most people are projecting him as a tight end in the NFL. Okay, at that, name I mean, note at, at that size. Yeah, so I mean, he's a guy that hey, he's converting. He's obviously got wide receiver skills. Oh, Billy, Billy. Uh, and then of course, there's also uh, Blake Jarwin out of Oklahoma State. So those are your tight ends. Again, like we said, it's a deep class. I'm really interested in names. I know we didn't dig deep into Soberts and guys at the end of that too, but their names. Again, sometimes when we don't dig deep on it here and give you a lot of information. We're giving you their name for a reason. So maybe you could dig a little deeper in there, and maybe you can get your own opinion on, sure. on these guys as well. And maybe you like guys differently than we like them. But again, we give you the names in our rankings to help you make your own opinion. Because when it comes down to it, again, we want to give you all information in our opinion, but it's going to come down to what you think as well. 
Um, so that's it. This is a very long episode on tight ends. It's really getting stretched here. But we knew it was going to be a long episode. It, on this there are a lot of good tight ends, man. Um, so that's that. Make sure you get to every single day. Check out our rankings, mm-hmm. our ADP. If you oh. want to join AP, hit up at Fantasy Outlaw, who's going to get you in some of those badass mock drafts. Yeah. Uh, make sure you check out the site every single day. Make sure, if you have the time, to give us a rating and review on iTunes. Helps the podcast in more ways I can describe. If you want to support the podcast in a financial matter, make sure you buy one of those awesome, fantastic, most comfortable T-shirt in the entire world. That would be a Dynasty Nerds T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Make sure, if you want to support the site, you can join the Nerd Herd, where we give away a sweet prize every month. All it takes is one dollar. All it takes That's is it. warm one dollar, and you get that warm, fuzzy feeling. And I can't that you helped out your favorite podcast. Say enough. If you're ever going to join the Nerd Herd, these next two months are when you're going to do it because they're going to weigh 12 prizes at the end of this month and next mm-hmm. month. Courtesy of our great friends at MyFantasyLeague.com. Uh, your go-to, if you're hosting, if you have a Dynasty Fantasy Football League and you don't host it on MyFantasyLeague.com, you're doing Dynasty Fantasy Football wrong. That's yeah. the best way to say it. Uh, if you want to like use the site, join our mock drafts. That's what we use for our mock drafts, so it can kind of give you somewhat kind of familiarity with the site against the most customable dynasty site in the world. Again, they gave their courtesy. We have 12 MFL tens to give away. And then next month we have 12 more to do. All it does is take, do- take a dollar to donate. And remember if you donate $25 to the site, it qualifies you to win a free spot in our super flex league that we're starting right after the NFL draft. We are going to start announcing those winners at the early next month. Nice. So I'm pumped for that, man. The last winner we pick will be the guy that gets the free entry. Oh, cool. So you hope you don't hear your name first. But a lot of these guys wrote me. They're like, I don't care. If I'll pay my way into it. Right, I don't need free right. injury. But still, free 100 bucks is a free 100 bucks. Show sure All it takes is $25. We have a lot of entries. So if you want for your chance, jump on there. Every $25 donate. So if you're a do- $25, you want to increase your odds, donate 25 bucks again. Sure. Double. Take du- that chance and double, double it. it. <laughs> um, and that's it, right? That's it. This long, exhausting episode. Ugh. In the meantime, follow the site. At Dynasty Nerds on Twitter. You can follow me at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. For any Dynasty questions you may have, we'll be back again next week. Guess what we're getting into? Wide receiver. Part one. Yep. Then part two. And maybe. Maybe part three. Nah, two two part. Two is going to be pretty good. Yep. And then that's going to put us pretty close to NFL draft, and we'll come up with something before that. Then we have the NFL draft, and then we get all into the rookie mocks. And a bunch of giveaways and good stuff. In the meantime. Yes, sir. Oh, I can't wait for the Superflex League. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to super flex my way out of this podcast. Ooh. Deuces. Later. Ready, set, Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.